0: We instinctively know, or at least I hope we instinctively know, that if we focus on the right things, the right behaviors, doing the right things, we're going to get great results, right? But as leaders, we tend to focus on what is being done wrong or not being accomplished so much that it actually impedes where you want to take your people. And that's the thing is they'll go where you tell them. And it sounds counterintuitive, but if you really want your team to go to a higher level, you have to 80% to 20% focus on what you actually want instead of just checking everybody and, and, focusing in on the things that aren't happening, because that's what their attention is going to go to when you spend your time there. You've got to focus on all the behaviors that you want. Constantly talk about them. And what will happen is the the behaviors you don't want suddenly get less and less and less because you're putting a spotlight on the direction that you want your team to go. So it may sound counterintuitive, but if you really want to help your people grow, stop correcting them. We're going to talk about that right now. You found the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast, where we talk about all things leadership because leadership isn't just what you do, it's who you are. So we help to make you a better leader, help keep your sanity and make your team better so you make more money. So every week we talk about a different topic that helps you do all those things. So hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode, tell all your colleagues and friends and let's get a discussion going on how we can grow together as better leaders. Welcome everybody. I hope you had a fantastic week last week. So welcome to, if you want to improve team behavior, stop correcting them. So yeah, if you want to improve your team's behavior in about 30 days time, stop correcting them all the time. I'll explain here in a few minutes. So I know it sounds counterintuitive, but if you stop correcting them all the time, you'd be amazed at what would start happening. Are you ready for like a 30 day challenge to change the behaviors of your team and get the results that you want? I know, I know, sounds like a 2 a.m. info commercial and just three easy steps. You can change your team. That is not what I'm talking about. How often do you find yourself frustrated as a leader, though, about how your team communicates or how they treat each other or goes off to you about something someone else did? What is the focus on service in your business? How are they working with your clients? Are they excited about what your company is trying to achieve as you are? There's a book by former Senate Majority Leader Trent Lott called Herding Cats. And of course, senators from different states are all over the map, literally and figuratively. And trying to corral all of that, probably not very productive. I mean, if you can imagine, everybody has their own agenda. Everybody has their own thing they want to do. Try managing an office like that. So what a great title. Herding. And you know, cats, they do what they want to do when they feel like it. You know, we've had orange tabby cats in our house forever, but as I like to think, really, they're miniature tigers, but the truth is they just do what they want to do. So do you ever feel like you're just herding cat? You know, everybody on their team wants to do whatever it is they want to do. Not everybody's focused on the same things or at least different degrees of how much they are invested. So you find yourself constantly trying to correct people. That's what will uh, improve on today's show the day-to-day grind, interactions, small interactions, each day really define how a team functions and ultimately what the team accomplishes. So here's a huge disclaimer right off the top. So I'm not talking about extreme behavior. That is just simply not allowed. So I'm not talking about highly egregious behaviors like bullying, harassment, sexual harassment, even gossip. You know, all those major culture boundary violations. You have to be the gatekeeper of those boundaries. We've talked about that in previous podcasts. If, If you can't protect your team from that, you're not just hurting cats, you're hurting horrible feral cats. I can't be more passionate here. There is a lot of unseen damage uh, when you have these extreme behaviors that go unaddressed, unchallenged, and it's it's a problem. It's the quickest way to destroy your own credibility with your team because no matter how much you try to smooth it over or explain it away, your team sees what's important to you and what is not important to you. So I am not talking about behaviors like at that level. If you're allowing that to go on, you need to start asking yourself, who's really in charge? You or those behaviors? So hopefully that's a a thing right off the top. We can just go ahead and eliminate that you're working on that. Because if you can't fix that, you're certainly not going to fix all the other behaviors. So what I am talking about, the daily grind, how much your team functions in the heat of the battle or when there's no challenge to the team or the work. Is the team reaching for more, looking to win more? All of that is absolutely based on which way you lead them. So answer these two questions. If I asked your team what is the most important three things to you, goals, objectives, things you want your team to achieve, could they tell me without thinking about it? Just instinctively answer my question, what's important to you? Second, And um, this is really a three-part question, but does your team know what winning looks like for them? Do they know without thinking about it if they're actually winning? And do they know if what they personally do contributes to that winning? So do they know what winning looks like? Do they know if they're actually winning? And do they contribute? If they can't answer that, you're probably not going to get the best out of, out of your team yet. So have you ever just thought about the power of your own words, your reactions, your direction? Where does that lead your team? If the behaviors of your team bother you and you don't do anything about that, Again, who's in charge? You or them. If you believe like Simon Sinek that you're playing an infinite game, and if you don't know what that is, you have to check that out. Uh, The infinite game basically is you don't stop at a win. You don't stop at, oh, we hit our quarterly sales goal, even our yearly sales goal, or I... uh, I got promoted to the level that I'm happy with. I'm good. I don't really need to do anything else. But that's not the end of it. An infinite game goes on and on and on. How do you set it for the future regardless of what's going on around you? And that's kind of what we talked about in the last podcast is how do you get past what you've either failed at or succeeded at. You give yourself a finite amount of time to either celebrate or mull over what happened, but you got to move on. And that's what an infinite game looks like. You know, the truth is, though, you do have a finite amount of time. So are you getting into your own way with just the words and reactions that you have? Your team will go where you tell them to go, or at least where you think you are trying to tell them to go. Just think for a minute, even if you need to pause this podcast for a few minutes and think right now, what is the power of your words and the directions you're giving, doing for your team? Have you ever, have you ever just thought of that? Like every day you walk in and, and things kind of get almost on autopilot on what you're going to do first, second, and third. And, and again, even if you, you don't have a specific top three things you're doing, you're probably doing or, or things you want to be done. You definitely have something about you as a leader that the people that work for you know, and they expect. And when you walk in the door, Those things are going to happen. So have you ever thought about what those are and what influences you're having just simply by your behavior of what you react to or what you talk about all the time? So it's pretty powerful if you think about it. So let me ask you this. Do you have the courage to look into the execution mirror? That's looking back at yourself about what's really going on on your team, because it starts with you. So as a leader, you're leading a group of people, your brand becomes their brand. It's all about what they're able to accomplish. Yes, you're guiding them. Yes, you're you're giving them the standards you want and and all of those things. But do you have the courage to look in the execution mirror, look at your team and say, "Hey, that's me. You know what they're doing is me. That mirror is right at you. That's where it begins." So, let's talk about this 30-day challenge. And I know, I know you're like, "Oh, a 30-day challenge." But the reason why I'm calling it a 30-day challenge is in order to change a behavior, you have to have at least three solid weeks of that same thing where it be before it becomes a habit. So why not just an extra week? I mean, we're overachievers here, right? You're listening to podcasts. You're an overachiever. If you're trying to lead a team, you should be an overachiever. So we'll go the 30 days just to make sure. The second thing is you need to start this today, not next week, not tomorrow, today. Get committed. If you're going to affect change, then just get started. I mean, if you're in sales, you probably heard this a lot where you have somebody, maybe, be new to the sales team and and you see them doing a lot, making a lot of phone calls and doing a lot of things, but there's not a lot of sales coming in and there's all laying the groundwork, laying the groundwork, I'm I'm trying to get in the door. Like, well, that's all well and good, but at some point you got to start producing. So don't put it off, don't wait get it started today. And then third, think of the behaviors that you do want that drive your daily strategy that supports your mission and the vision of your team. Keep in mind, your team is probably doing a lot of those things right now. So you need to narrow it down to where the gaps are. So here, here's what we're going to do um, for your 30-day challenge. Here's what you need to do. So grab something to write with, piece of paper and all that, and get it on your computer, put it on your iPad, whatever you're going to do. But make a list of no more than five behavior drivers that you know in your gut or what you've seen looking into the execution mirror, you know just what you know will drive it. And I mean no more than five. Three is pretty ideal, but if you go beyond five drivers, it's just like setting too many goals. You don't have enough bandwidth and you'll likely accomplish none of them, small, tiny pieces of them. So you got to keep it simple, got to keep it focused and no more than, than five for sure. Three is ideal. So let me give you some examples of that. So thinking about how does your team interact with customers? You know, Verbal, nonverbal, do they over-deliver? You know, that would be number one. How does your team interact with your customers? How do you want them to? So you're gonna need to talk about how you're gonna want them to do that. Uh, another example, how do we treat each other on the team? Handle gossip. How do you handle conflict? It's a number one driver of why teams just don't perform is you think you're doing your job individually with each one of them, but what about what's going on between some of them? That would kill your team more than anything is they always, the, the old saying used to be people join companies and leave managers, bad managers, but now it's people join companies believe toxic work cultures. And and a lot of times on the front end, we say, well, it wasn't the leader or the manager's fault, but on the back end, why didn't anything get taken care of? So number two, how do we treat each other on the team? Number three, level of ownership on the team, not just the company, but the team. There's a big difference, especially if you work uh, work for a super large company, how much they have invested in the team they're working in, what's in their proximity, not just the company, because you can have an amazing company but your specific department is having all kinds of issues and not performing. So having a great company doesn't matter or the opposite. Again, um, you know, you read Ken Blanchard and Sheldon Bowles' book, Gung Ho, talk about one department in a company that's flailing. The company's flailing. The department's awesome. So it's all about what's in the closest proximity. Number four. How does your team treat the product or services? Are they 100% bought in? You know, I was watching a video on LinkedIn the other day where a guy was talking about, can you sell yourself? So, so like, for example, you're an entrepreneur selling something, but yeah, you don't like to talk to people about sales. Well, why should anybody believe you if you don't believe in yourself? I mean, that's pretty basic, but we all have those issues, especially when we strike out on our own. Why should somebody believe me? And you have that battle in your head, but does your team believe in your product or services? Are they 100% bought in? And now number five, How does your team handle what is out of their control? Are they excuse driven? A lot of victimhood, or do they slay it? Do they figure it out? Do they solve it? Now, those are just a couple of examples of some behavior drivers you can use to drive your team forward, but we're not done yet. That's just the beginning. You've gotta decide what you're looking for. See, there's a a mind shift here at the beginning. Remember I said, stop correcting your people. And what we're gonna embark upon is simply talking about what you do want. That's going to be the key here. Your team is going to need a lot of feedback when it comes to the behavior drivers. But don't be a used car salesman about it, all fake and slimy. Also, don't make it a meeting. You will ruin the experiment and not achieve what you're looking for. In fact, you can't have a meeting about it. I mean, think about it. (laughs) What gets discussed at meetings? Hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And that's one of the biggest mistakes I see, especially with strategies. They're not behavior driven. They're another list of things to do. And that's exactly what your team thinks. So if you have a meeting about these behavior drivers, first thought that's going to pop into their head is, okay, well, I have my job to do and everything else. And um, yeah, okay, I'll do these five things or three things for you too. That will completely ruin it. So you can't do that either. So you can't be over the top. I'm not asking you to change your personality to be somebody else. I'm just simply asking you to look at what you're focused on instead of correcting everybody all the time. Think about the behaviors you are looking for looking for so Don't make behavior change another thing on your team's to-do list. You know, what your team needs is to celebrate progress. So think about this. So here's a great example of celebrating progress. Think that you are at a football game and so it's super loud. The stadium is full. But the only thing, like you have special eyewear on, special goggles, and the only thing that you can see in front of your eyes is the scoreboard. That's it. So you know how much time is left, who's got possession of the ball, what the score is, and that's it. But you can hear everything. When there's fumble and there's an interception, um, you know, just things that don't quite make it to the scoreboard and the crowd really goes crazy over. So you know something happened, but it's not on the scoreboard yet. And you're just waiting. You're looking at time tick away, just like the time you have. Remember, I said you have a finite amount of time to get everything done that you want to get done. So you can't see what's going on. So, but think about how many games have you watched? It could be any sport. Football. I just picked it because it's easy to understand as far as what everybody knows about football and that. How many games have you watched where a team just seems to be controlling the ball better or getting first downs more? You can just watch that they're playing better. Even it might not, re- you know, it might not reflect on the scoreboard just yet. But you don't. You, you would never know that if you weren't watching the game. So how often have you done that with your team where it's all about whatever whatever metric you're using, but you're not really focused in on progress? So if you're not, you can't really investigate the behaviors you're looking for or even give some of the feedback you need to give in order to keep those behaviors alive. So how do you give feedback without sounding fake or patronizing? You gotta start planting seeds. You have to be timely with it, meaningful and short. But mostly you have to be disciplined to focus on what you want and not on what you don't want. Many uh, men listening to this podcast could resonate with this thought, but you ever throw a ball in the house and you're just thinking to yourself, don't hit the lamp, don't hit the lamp, don't hit the lamp, and you threw whatever it is you're throwing, you know, ball, frisbee, whatever, and it went straight to the lamp. Because you were thinking about the lamp. So you you gotta think about what you want not what you don't want so you know remember your team will go in the direction you send them but don't make the mistake of telling them about it or telling them about your behavior drivers that's not what we're talking here don't make another list of things for them um, to do so for example you're well it depends if you if you're in an environment where you have customers come into your business and you can watch your people interact with them there's that if you're in an office and you can only hear things over the phone things like that um After a really positive interaction between one of your, somebody in your team, either with a customer or another person on the team, just simply walk up to them and say, Hey, you know, I heard how that call went. It sounded great. You did a great job there. Just keep doing more of that. That was great. Just walk away. That's it. It, it, That's that's how simple I'm talking about it, but you got to do it when it happens. So if you haven't done this in a while, Maybe you're thinking, well, you know, where do I start? So if you can't immediately see a behavior with someone on your team you want, try to think of a previous time that they had done exactly what you're looking for and tell them about it and say, you know, I meant to tell you, even though I didn't, but I appreciate. What you did back then and at least get it, get it started. You have to talk about how to talk about what you want, how to talk to them in short, easy to the point, the behaviors that you're looking for. Keep it super simple. As you start to, to change and provide feedback and gratitude. You know, some of your team are probably going to notice and some of them are probably going to have questions, especially if this is not normal for your character. So they may ask you, say, why are you you changing? What are you up to? If you haven't been giving a lot of feedback in the past, there may be some trust challenges here. You know, like the feedback you're giving, be short and to the point with the questions of why. Tell them this is something you should have already been doing, that you really want to just focus on certain things. But remember right here. Is where you have to just stay super disciplined in what you're doing and keep focused on the behaviors you're looking for. So each week, you know, make some notes to yourself about the progress. You know, change will be slow at first as you continue to build their trust and they believe you mean it. And that's an important point is when you start something different, if you change a behavior as a leader, let's face it, everybody's a little pessimistic. Oh, is this some company directive, some feel good program, things like that? And you have to guard against that and it's going to take a little bit of time. But um, also, you know, in a previous podcast, I talked about how you build trust in seconds. Each little interaction with folks is really what builds that up. So you kind of have to almost expect that they're kind of not going to believe you at first, especially again, if it's a different behavior change. Also start influencing the leaders on your team. They don't necessarily have to be managers, but just influencers, people who help guide the team. Start with them, try to get them to repeat it, almost recruit them in a sense of saying hey you know let's just focus on the things we want and see where it goes you know so at the end of each week write down the vibe of the team the feeling you think they they have about your 3 to 5 behavior drivers again it won't happen immediately hence the 30 days so after the fourth week you need to really know how you're doing it's one thing to think about the vibe of your team and you definitely need to do that but you really have to know for sure so after 4 weeks is where you really want to start asking those, especially those folks in your team who are a little bit more committed, a little bit more focused that you can, you really have a good relationship with, start asking them. The, the, the list of the five behavior drivers, sit down with several members of your team with your list and just to have them in front of you, ask, Hey, how are, we as a, how are we as a team doing with these things? Ask them, how does our team interact with customers? How, how do you think our team treats each other? Put the questions on them. Because if you want to affect change for what you want, you have to accept true answers they're giving you. And if your team is not where they want to be at or where you want them to be at, you got to keep going with it. So, So why do all this? Sounds like a lot of work, but it really isn't because it's more of a mindset change. But again, what will you benefit and what will your team benefit from getting the behaviors you want? I know you'll make progress on at least some of the behavior drivers you're trying to change. And that's a very good thing. Start to notice more trust building with your team. That will lead to more productivity, increased execution, more collaboration, more creativity. Teams focus will start to change and have more clarity and understanding. Or as Stephen Covey said, focusing on the important instead of the urgent confidence, team pride, and and the ripple effect of prosperity will continue to increase as some of the bad behaviors start to disappear on their own. That's one thing that, and I have done this several times in different environments, different business environments, and that's one of the biggest things I noticed. When you start focusing on the behaviors you want, again, Your your team will go where you tell them to go. So it's interesting and how the bad behaviors just seem to start to fade away in a sense. They don't completely disappear. I mean, it's not gonna be Pollyanna pie in the sky stuff, but a lot of the friction you did have will start to go away because the team will be more focused on what you're talking about and where you're taking them. So the largest benefit is really for you, the leader. You're actually changing your team culture You're learning how changing your mindset and being proactive with feedback and gratitude creates a team you've always wanted to lead. So 30 days, change your culture, change your team, change yourself to be a better leader. So what did we learn today? How did you grow just a little bit? Or more importantly, how can you help someone else grow? That's the whole point of Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, hit that subscribe button. Tell all your colleagues and friends and neighbors all about the show. Give us comments, feedback, things like that. We will grow together and we will see you next week on the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast.